1: Hello, welcome to Series Two, Episode Nine of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. An excellent week as we bounce back from three consecutive defeats with two consecutive convincing wins. The latter a thrashing of champions of England, Leicester City. We'll discuss that. Another busy week at Old Trafford ahead, and more in a jam-packed episode. Jack, we were truly impressive, weren't we? Mourinho's best performance so far. Popper's two, and I, I guess the the perfect set of scorers in in terms of a confidence booster. So we couldn't really ask for much more, could we?
0: no not at all it was a, a a great performance something that we've been been waiting for for a long time it was brilliant really definitely Mourinho's best performance as like you said Pogba's as well um and yeah it, it was strange with the with the scores how it was all the people really who, who just needed a, ma- a massive lift to their game and uh well I suppose apart from Rashford he seems to always be on the up but yeah it was a a perfect day really um Every, every wasn't a single bad performance really Mourinho's team changes were vindicated million times over Paul Pogba looked like a player who is worth a lot of money maybe not 89 million pounds but I'm not sure anyone can ever really live up to that price tag yeah a, a, a perfect day really um I, I I didn't even I didn't actually watch the game live cuz I didn't realise we were on in the early game, woke up about a half past eight and saw it was 4-1 and couldn't believe my eyes, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it, it could have been six in that first half. I mean, I, I've only seen the highlights, I was at the game, so I haven't seen it properly. From the bits I saw live, it could have been six. There was that chance where Pogba chipped it to Zlatan and it's, it so could have easily been a, a goal of the season contender, a stunning, audacious chip from Pogba and Zlatan managed to chest it down and strike in, in sort of the same movement, which just showed his quality.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm still not really sure how Zlatan didn't score in the game. He had so many so many chances you'd expect him to normally put away. But yeah, I mean, that one, if, if that had gone in, it that would have been an amazing, amazing goal.
1: Yeah, and and he had a, a fantastic performance, which is encouraging because despite him not scoring, he was impressive and, and controlled the game in, in quite a significant way, helping Rashford and, and Matter. I, th- I think it, it really could have been a statement until uh Damari Gray came on at half-time and, and as his name came up on the scoreboard, I sort of looked in horror, even though we were falling off incredibly. Um, And he came on on that fantastic strike. I think it was around the 60th minute mark. And Mourinho, I think, which is true to his style, to be fair, decided that we weren't going to go completely out for it and, and try to properly make a statement. Instead, we sort of withdrew a bit and, and allowed them to have more control, which is, I guess okay, but i mean it, it would have been nice to get to get six or seven against against the champions of England um but i mean just every that first half and mainly the the fifteen minutes or even the five minutes where we we managed to score three goals in five minutes was both shocking and so so pleasing so many little bits to pick out was 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 probably your man of the match
0: yeah i I think so um he he ran the show really and and showed us what we'd all been waiting for some of his his link-up play especially with Zlatan was was great as you said that the the chance we were just um talking about Zlatan's volley was the pass and Pogba was just incredible the the disguise on the pass as well um and there's there's been a, there's a lot of jokes from rival fans about his long shots uh, being a vine player and things like that but the, the the weapon that he has with his long shots and we and we saw one that very nearly caught out um Zela at one point that weapon means that teams are always slightly scared when he gets the, the ball kind of in that sort of position. And, and it is just before this, that chipped pass, he, he was faking to shoot and it just puts some doubt in defenders minds and maybe makes them think about the shot rather than, maybe, rather than a pass like that. Um, it just offers a, a different dimension, I guess, to our game. And Pogba really ran the show for me. I mean, other notable performances, one matter played, played really, really well in, um in that number 10 role. I read an interesting article actually, um, on Mata comparing him to Rooney in, in that role and, uh, and Mata was had linked up with Ibrahimovic something like four times more than, than uh, Rooney had been in, in previous games so I think he definitely made a case for himself um, keeping that role moving forward but I mean just all round it was a great performance from, from, from everyone really I don't think anyone really had a had a poor game but I think for me Pogba was was my standout
1: Yeah just we'll, we'll move on to the other brilliant players because I think Daily Blade deserves praise coming in for Luke Short left back I think Sure, was said to be not 100% or something similar like that. Blind was fantastic. Matt, as you say, Matt's involvement over Rooney, and we'll move on to the Rooney issue in in more detail, as of course we have to. Matt's involvement allowed Pogba space to roam because Matt is such an intelligent footballer and it doesn't always come out because of uh, his lack of pace or strength, but he's incredibly intelligent at spotting when to roam himself and when to get out of Pogba's way and allow Pogba to, to link up with Zlatan Ibrahimović, which he seemed to do intuitively, as we mentioned that chip, chest and volley. Absolutely spectacular. And Mata allows Pogba and and Zlatan as well, because he also filled in for Zlatan at points, to, to really roam and fulfil the, their, their desires. Because we've seen Zlatan before at previous clubs get slightly angry with having to have a number 10 there, because he likes to play in that role as well as number 9. And fair enough, because he's good enough to do it. And I think Mata, while adding to the game himself, also allows them both to do what they want. And Rashford, I think this team it came pretty close to, to being perfect though, at least the forward line because as soon as Latan would drop, Rashford would come up and then um, Daily Blin would get further forward to f- fulfil the, the space left by Rashford and it all seemed to move so perfectly like a, a well-oiled engine and it was so good to watch the the, the movement in our team and Despite that, the, I think the key sort of tactical change, if you look at the Watford game uh, and the average positions of our player, they're so uh, clustered up. Against Watford, Rashford and Zlatan's average positions were basically on top of each other. And so were, strangely, Anthony Martial and Marouane Fellaini. But against Leicester, only Matter and Lingard were even close to each other. Everyone had their position. And despite roaming from there, they had the, the space in that position weren't interrupted by other players. We were playing against a weak Leicester side. Not not a weak Leicester side, but a Leicester side who were not playing well on that day. But the the team showed, this team showed, that they're incredibly good together as a unit, allowing each other to do what they do best. And they're incredibly good at having defensive discipline and positional discipline, which we, we most certainly did not see against Feyenoord or Watford.
0: 100%. Yeah, I think... Matters big advantage for me over over Rooney at the moment is just his movement and the way he just drifts into different areas although, although he starts in a, as a number 10 he, he drifts really all over the pitch and and it like you said it allows people like Pogba, Ibrahimovic and and even even the wide players as well to drift into areas that he vacates and I think especially in the case of Pogba and Ibrahimovic it really helps them because they are they are such fluid and um fluid players who like to take up so many different positions over the course of the game and I think for Pogba's case it allows him to just roam forward even more than he does usually and that's what you want to see from him really you want to be able, be able to see him have that freedom to kind of roam wherever he wants when he has the ball and, and when when United have the ball and in Ibrahimovic's case he's so good on the ball at, at linking the play that for him really to be simply stood on, on the um, the front line as as a conventional number nine although he's great at it that's not where he's best he's best at when he drops deep he links up the play and when he can turn and turn at defenders and I think matters awareness as a number 10 really allows them both him and Pogba to to thrive in that role I think the the game in general really just showed I think what Mourinho is trying to do and he's trying to create a team where there is a lot of in a um, lot of uh, fluidity in the team a lot of changing of positions but but when when we don 't have the ball where the people are quick to get back into position and quick to be able to regroup defensively, I think it was quite um pointed in his um post match comments that when he when he um, talked about selecting Lingard and Rashford, who I thought he um, he described as was it fast kids after the game when he when he described them as that he 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 made a point of saying that they were needed in in a defensive uh, manner their, their pace was needed in a, in a defensive manner, and I think that was quite po- pointed for me that um now that was clearly in his thinking, after the um, kind of lacklustre defensive displays that we've seen recently. And I think it, it worked to, to a large extent because not only were we a lot more threatening going forward, but although there were there were times where we looked a bit frail defensively, it's definitely the best that we've seen in in a, quite a few games.
1: Mourinho has taken to call him Rashford the kid, <laughs> which is a nice phrase. Three goals in three games, anyway. And Lingard and Rashford's pace just allowed Zlatan, as you're saying, to to. We've mentioned we've mentioned roaming a lot already in the early stages of this episode, but roaming was the key thing I think. And Lingard and Rashford just allowed Zlatan, while not scoring, to to play well because their pace running in behind the the, the defensive line that Leicester held just allowed him to play ball through or to link up with Pogba and matter to play ball through. Um, and and just. A brilliant performance from Zlatan, despite not scoring, and that's really encouraging. And Lingard and Rashford's both playing well as usual. Um, and Rashford just <laughs> st- still cannot seem to stop scoring. I think he's got the same amount of goals that Wayne Rooney got in his first uh, 25 United appearances, which is encouraging. Moving a bit further back in the team, um, and we'll talk about Pogba more. I mean, Pogba was very impressive. In midfield, Ander Herrera. I mean, I I mentioned I was at the game, and Herrera's name gets charted in more than anyone else in that side. And it's partly because he's rarely done anything wrong, apart from a few shambolic Europa League performances last season. And it's partly just because his style of play is so... it, It makes people get off their seats and it's just brilliant to watch and Ander Herrera I thought was had a, had another fantastic performance and I can't see any reason why he could possibly be dropped from this team despite me wanting Michael Carrick to come into this team I think Ander Herrera had another superb performance and his discipline and his uh his intelligence not to to play by himself he he was clearly watching Pogba seeing what Pogba did and and responding to that because and, and that allows Pogba to flourish. And I think Anderrera And Herrera and Pogba, certainly in this game, it's far too early to say because Leicester were weak defensively in that first half. It's far too early to say whether that two-man midfield can be successful. But certainly in this game, it was very impressive to watch.
0: Yeah, the the, the midfield system worked really, really well. I think part of that was was down to And Herrera in in a large part because his performance was brilliant. And it, it's the kind of performance that we've seen from him a few times over his United career, but he's never been able to string them together um, before. As you said, there were some performances in his, in his first season that were amazing. And then you, you see some of the, the quite frankly dreadful performances he, he, he had last season as well. Um, and to see him come back this season and he's started pretty well. He's not had that much game time, but when he has played, he's really made the most of his opportunity. And he definitely did that again on Saturday against Leicester. And it just helps Pogba, and, but also it, helped, it helps the, the wide players as well because Herrera's passing range is very, very good. And and his tenacity when we don't have the ball as well. There was a, a number of times where he just breaks up the play. that gives away his fair share of fouls. And, but in some ways, that's, that's what he needs to do when he's in that midfield role, because when we play him alongside Pogba, we obviously don't, we're not the strongest defensively. We don't have an out and out sort of defensive midfielder there. Um, and so we need his defensive contribution in any way that it comes. And I thought i thought he had a brilliant all round game. Um, there were, I can't remember the exact stats, actually, but um, I know that Squawker tweeted out his, um, his stats of the game. And I me- remember being very, very impressed by the numbers that, that he had. It was a, a really complete midfield performance, really. Herrera, Pogba, Ibrahimovic all had great games. And Herrera especially, I hope does get a run of games. It, it, oh, excuse my voice there. Um, I hope Herrera does get a run of games in the side. I'd like to see him alongside Pogba and Carrick in a midfield three at some point.
1: Yeah, Carrick did come on fairly late in the game. But, that I mean, we've seen some dodgy substitutions from Marino. Not not dodgy in the Van Gaal way of bringing on a right-back when you need a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but dodgy in the way that, they didn't really help. They weren't the most sensible in the in the in the three consecutive losses. But bringing on Michael Carrick when Leicester were were genuinely getting somewhat back into the game, that goal from Demarai Gray. They had a, a couple more chances. Bringing on Michael Carrick to, to sustain sustain our control over the game was a fantastic substitution. And we'll talk very briefly about Northampton Town, um, a three one victory in the League Cup, in a, in a moment. But Carrick came on and and was fantastic as he was against Northampton where he scored a goal and he's such a calming presence and he takes... Because the problem with Paul Pogba's early games was that he was trying to fulfil far too many roles. He was trying to play Michael Carrick's role, trying to play his own role and trying to play an an extra midfielder's role when he's playing in midfield too. But playing Michael Carrick there just allowed Pogba to to be relieved of some of those duties and give Michael Carrick, who's one of the best forward-passing players, we have in the side and it allows us to start attacks through Michael Carrick where no one else would spot that pass or have the ability to spot that pass
0: yeah I I think I think the key point there really is his ability of his ability to play a forward pass he's despite his um his aging and his maybe lack of mobility now he is still 100% our, our best our most incisive passer um and and you could really see that against Northampton we don't have Anyone else? I don't think who's who's anywhere near Carrick in in creating um, creating space between the lines. His ability to pass through the midfield of of another team is is amazing. Really, something he's had his whole career, and he seems to have such great awareness all the time. Whenever he gets the ball, he knows exactly where his teammates are, and if he's ever under pressure, he always has a first time pass to get himself out of trouble. And against Northampton, albeit against Northampton, you know we need to take that with a pinch of salt. But by the same token, his performance was very very good and. On the ball, he still is an excellent, excellent passer. He still has such great game management. And as you, as you said, he he just controls the game so well. And I think in situations where we are trying to hold on to a lead, all right, against Leicester we had a three we had a three-goal lead when he came on, so it wasn't wasn't really um holding on as such. But in situations where we maybe have a narrower lead, we need to hold on to something, he is just a perfect player because he keeps the ball so well, he stays so calm under pressure. And he still has a big role to play in this team, you know. I don't think a lot of people thought that even though he got a one-year contract, it would it would be him in a very very subdued role. And I I don't really see that. I don't. He's not going to be starting every game by any means, but I do think he still has a a pretty big role to play in this team.
1: Yeah, I mean I I would start him in every game if that was possible. But he's thirty-five; it isn't. But certainly big games, I think he he definitely has to play because of of that controlling nature. We, we're going to have to move on to the the Rooney uh Not really an enigma, but. Before, before we do, um, I mean, it's fairly obvious, but before we do, daily Blind at left-back, uh, as I said, Shaw supposedly not 100%. His set of pieces gave, gave us three goals. I'm not sure he scored three goals from corners in about the last entire season. I mean, Pogba's had a small said and Rashford's lovely work corner. It's fairly strange to see us scoring three goals from corners, but I mean, it's nice. So stick daily Blind on corners every week, please. And he was also very impressive, just in general play. Anyway, let's move on to the let's quickly move on to the Rooney Enigma. I'm not sure that's possible. Did you think that the reason we were so fluid and the reason that we won was because Wayne Rooney really wasn't playing?
0: Not entirely, no. Generally, I think the whole team played a lot better yesterday. And I don't think having Rooney in the team instead of saying Matter would have stopped everyone else from playing at a much higher level. Um however I do think it I do think Matter I do think Matter helps. Um or did help it anyway against Leicester for sure, simply because I think he just opens up space a bit better than Rooney does. Um, I think Rooney, when he when he plays a number 10, his movement is very vertical on the pitch. It's very much up and down rather than side to side as well. And although that's good when we're, for, say, playing on the counter-attack, when, we ha- when we're seeing a lot of the ball, it takes up space a lot of the time because it means that it's very difficult for anyone else to move into that space in behind the striker. And when Mata plays... He just takes up so many more different positions. Um, he, he involves so many more people in the game, I think. And, I mean, one thing that I've noticed about Rooney last season and this season particularly is that if he ever does get the ball on the half turn and he, and he has got in between the lines of the defence and, and the attack, he then finds it very difficult to turn and continue that momentum forward. He always wants to look to the full-backs or the wingers. And that's what Mata brings us, something different. I think Mata's much more willing to get on the ball on the half turn and actually turn and run at players and take the ball forward. Um, and That's not to say that, that he, he tries to force the ball forward, but if there's nothing on, he will, he will look elsewhere. But I just think that with, with Mata on the ball, in those kind of positions where he does manage to get in between the lines, we, we then have a much better chance of moving forward and actually creating a goal-scoring opportunity from that. And what, what I said before about um, Mata's link-up with Ibrahimovic, I think Mata um, and Ibrahimovic linked up eight times during the game. And in the last few games, Rooney and Ibrahimovic have only only linked up twice in each game. And that is a a big, big difference because we've already mentioned how good Ibrahimovic's um, general play is. And if if we're not getting him involved in the game, then we're not benefiting from that. And I think that that, that's a big part of it. I think Mata's overall game was very different, but but better than than Rooney's generally. However, I don't think we can simply say, oh, if we'd have had Rooney in that game, we wouldn't have won. It's never that simple. The, the whole team played a lot better and that isn't all down to Rooney by any means. I'll be very interested to see what happens now with Rooney because it's going to be very, very tough for Mourinho to drop anyone from that team after the, the performance they just put in. But then again, there comes the pressure of Rooney's the captain, obviously a big name. Does, Mour- does Mourinho want to leave him out again? Especially after he came out after the game and said he's still my main man and Chris Smalling did the same. Um So I'll be very interested to see what happens in the next game, but we definitely played better without Rooney, but I think it's unfair to say that the entire good performance was down to him not being in the team.
1: Yeah, that that's fairly similar to my views, although I think Rooney has been playing badly and has had some terrible performances at the time, and the, the good moments of his game are getting far fewer and, and difficult to find, although they have existed. I think his performance in the Manchester derby wasn't actually that bad. He created some of our best chances, and, and those weren't focused on, but and the terrible bits are being focused on, but partly rightly so, because as as you say, he's our captain, he should be playing, he should be one of the best performers. What I hope is that now he's been dropped once, it, it allows it in the future, and I hope that him being dropped, I want to see him moved into the sort of Ryan Giggs role, a 30 games a season or so in big games for experience, because he certainly has that, and, and often performs well in big games, like the Manchester Derby, I think he's one of the top goal scorers of all time in that in that particular fixture and what I also hope is that he's given a set position I think he's been played in five or six positions already right wing left wing central midfield up front number 10 already and we're, we're not even into October yet if he's given a set position and isn't played in every game he's given a right gigs role He's there for experience he's the captain of the football club which I think is rightfully so I think he's arguably the best lead in, in the squad and he's still given a good reception at Old Trafford. I was in the Stretford end, and as he warmed up, applause the fans, and everyone gives him a good reception. There were no boos, which he sometimes get. And I think if he does fulfil that gig role of being uh, a squad player, an important squad player at that, but not a, a key player, as he he has been for the last 11 or 12 seasons or so at United, I think he's, he's going to get the final few seasons that would work, because it's clear that him... Going entirely out of the squad is, is not viable at the moment. Certainly not this season, nor is him returning to his scintillating best. But if he can finish his United career in the way that Ryan Giggs did, then United fans are going to remember him in a good way while, rather than in the way they do at the moment, which is for his terrible performances. So I, I'm hoping that he can, he can play in the Ryan Giggs role and, and be given a lesser role in the squad. But I do think that he is, a good squad player for Manchester United no matter how poor his performances have been getting and also I don't think it was just the the fact that Rooney wasn't in the squad that, that we did so much better it's also that the absence of Marwan and Fellaini and this isn't a criticism of Fellaini it's more criticism of the role that Fellaini fulfills because Fellaini actually fulfills that role pretty well um, and, and does the job and that's why managers like him so much it's just we don't want to see that role being used in our team. We don't want the sort of target man-esque big player who's technically less good. And Fellaini and Rooney leave, and I think this is mainly down to Fellaini rather than Rooney. I think the the fact that Pogba and Zlatan could roam is down to Rooney, not Fellaini. But 712 passes against Leicester, that's, that's good, that. Um, and, and, and that's a very positive sign. So I think it's not... All down to Rudy and hopefully we can see him play as a squad player now rather than, um, I guess, an important player. That And and Mourinho shown that he's not scared of of dropping him and he came out after the game and dealt pretty well with it, as did Chris Morley, who was captain for the day. A player that Rudy's going to have to compete with as a squad player for for central midfield, uh, if if he is to play there, is Michael Carrick. He was by far man of the match against Northampton. We, we were very comfortable after half time, weren't we? And I think that's partly what was so pleasing about Leicester was a quick start. We haven't seen that at all before, even in the Northampton game, which was good. Some poor mistakes, uh, the penalty, a whole host of, of, awful errors that showed Marcus Rojo shouldn't play for this club. Um, entirely needless because we weren't in control, but, um, the second half, uh, very positive. Michael Carrick shows why he should be starting for this club and why he should retain his status as an important player at this club. Um, Carrick, man of the match for you, we'll very briefly discuss this.
0: By far and away, head and shoulders above the rest, honestly. Um, like I said, a few scrappy mistakes. Um, fullbacks were a problem all night. Um, unfortunately, Fosu wasn't able to recreate his form from last season. He wasn't the worst fullback on the show, though. Um, Marcus Rojo, as you said, <laughs> is proving yet again why, why he shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be playing for Man United anymore. But, you know, we, we got the job done in the end. It wasn't a great first half. Um, too many errors, but Carrick one hundred percent the standout. Um and the Carrick is a bit of a conundrum really because I've tweet I've tweeted quite a lot about this um recently, but I think Carrick's calm head and his coolness on the ball, as as, as I kinda of said earlier, is such a such a gift in so many games. Um I think back to the Manchester Derby in particular and when we were being completely overrun um, and unable to keep the ball in, in such a frenetic kind of pace in the first half Michael Carrick's calmness and his cool head under pressure would have been would have, would have been an absolute blessing in in, in that game um, just to, to bring some calm bring some order to the game and and really make make us keep the ball better than we had done in the first half but the, the issue then is his mobility because as he's got older his, his mobility has declined to a, a pretty poor level honestly so that Defensively, especially against the likes of De Bruyne, Silva, Nolito, Sterling, making such great runs in that game, um, we were—he—he he would have been unable to—to to really keep up with that defensively. Um, but against teams like Northampton in games like that, where we do dominate the ball, he—he he is so cool and calm on the ball. I mean, he's—he's he's really a, a great central midfield player to have. To just retain possession and just keep the keep the play flowing nicely. So I, th- I think he's definitely a big big part of our squad, and I hope he gets utilized a, a bit more in the in the coming weeks uh, because I don't think he's been used enough so far this season.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and and Marcus Rashford scoring on on yet another debut. This time, his League Cup debut with a very Marcus Rashford goal. Um, so much determination and pace. And Adam Smith, um, the the Northampton goalkeeper, left looking like an absolute mug as many people have by Marcus Rashford since he he began his United career back in only February. It seems ridiculous. What is it? Six or seven months since Rashford made his debut. And I saw saw a pundit saying the other day the likes of Zlatan Abramovich and Marcus Rashford. And, And that's just ridiculous. The likes of Zlatan and Rashford. Who would have thought?
0: Is she imaginary? Is she imaginary? Is she imaginary? She's got me dancing. uh. It's
1: been a mixed week for the under-18s and under-23s with 2-0 scorelines for both sides. Kieran McKenna's under-18s beat Stoke City 2-0 thanks to goals from Faustin McKayla and summer signing Nishan Burkhart assisted by a wonderful pass from Angel Gomez, a 16-year-old who is shining at this level. The under-23s, on the other hand, were well beaten by a strong Everton side, containing a few first-teamers as Dominic Carvart-Lewin, a new signing for them, and Umar Nias, another uh, new signing for the first team, who cost 30 million scored either side of half-time. Axel Twanzebio prevented it from being more, but but a very poor performance from the under-23s, similar to the the defeat at Southampton, which had Warren Joyce, absolutely raging after the game in a live interview with METV, in which he basically humiliated his players after the game. And for our lone players this week, it's been okay. Both James Wilson and Guillermo Varela were ruled out through injury, the latter through a long-term torn ankle ligament injury. But Cameron Borthwick-Jackson was involved for Wolves, playing at left-back as his impressive season continues, beating Brentford 3-1. And Anjana Zay was in action for Sunderland as they lost 3-2 to Crystal Palace at the very last. Dean Henderson on the bench for Groom to be town against Mansfield. While our other goalkeeper and loanee, Joel Pereira, was also on the bench for Belenenses in the Portuguese Liga on Monday night against Aruca. Andreas Pereira, though, played at central midfield for Granada in La Liga against Alaves, impressing their supporters as he has done since arriving in Spain, although his choice of team is looking a little suspect with Granada very unorganised and, and basically formed of, of many lone players. So the chemistry is very poor in that side.
0: Imaginary. Is, imaginary, is she imaginary? Is she imaginary? She's got me dancing. Is she imaginary? Is she imaginary? Is
1: she uh... right, another busy week ahead, a Thursday night kickoff, very unfortunately, um against Ukrainian side, Zoya Luhansk. the the world renowned Zoya Luhansk, who I'm sure many people would have heard of before this Europa League draw. The only real issue here is who we want to see playing. Our predictions is, is we should win very easily. Not, not that I've seen Zoya Luhansk, I can't, I can't comment on, on their quality. But, um, I, w- the under 23s are playing on Monday night against Everton. Um, they lost, but Monday to Thursday, hopefully we could see a few of them caught up, and I'm particularly thinking, The new under-23 captain, Axel Twanzebitt, who actually had a poor performance uh, against Derby County last week for the under-23s, but I'd definitely like to see him play because Mourinho's raved about him and and I think he's singled him out in press conferences probably four or five times already now. So Hopefully we'll get to see him and and hopefully a few others involved possibly from the bench, but also we'd like to see a a few fringe players, as we said last time, like Memphis Depay and, and, and the like, but... I mean, the players who I don't want to see are Marcus Rojo and Ashley Young. So <laughs> just get 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 those two out, and and I'd be perfectly happy with whatever starting eleven we played. Like. Predictions and who you want to see play.
0: Um, yeah, I like to see two get a game as well. I think he's deserved it. He's played played well in the under twenty ones and now the under twenty threes in the last few seasons. And like I said, Mourinho seems seems to recognise that he, he he that he has a lot of quality. So I'd like to see him maybe get a game. But yeah, I th- I think same as we really said last week, we have so many. First team players that struggle to to get a game in uh, in the Premier League that it's probably going to end up being a lot of those again. I definitely don't want to see Ashley Young. Oh, uh, sorry, not uh, Marcus Rojo. Ashley Young, I don't particularly want to see either. But you know, if he plays, he plays. I I, I would quite like to see um, Michael Carrick play actually, just because I think he he deserves a more more game time. And I guess it depends if Mourinho has him in his plans for Stoke. Um, but he seems to have fallen out of favor in the Premier League. And if he's not going to start against Stoke, then I see no no problem with giving him a run out against uh, against Zoya. Again, Memphis, I'd like to see him play. I actually thought that um, that Memphis looked pretty dangerous in the first half against Northampton, albeit again against Northampton. But he played he played pretty well. He looked very dangerous, had a few nice runs, a few nice touches. Um, so I'd like to see him him get another run out.
1: He looked dangerous and then got taken off at about 60 minutes instead of Ashley Young, which seemed an odd decision.
0: Yeah, I, I, w- I wanted him to play a bit more, actually. Because um, I, I think... I think Memphis just needs a little run in the side of just to get, some, uh, get a few more minutes under his belt because he's kind of wasting away almost at the moment, um, really not being involved very much at all. Um, be interested to see if Anthony Martial starts as well. He's had a poor start to the season, so against a, well, on what on paper looks to be an easier opponent, it might be good if he can get some minutes, hopefully grab a goal or two and get his
1: confidence up. Yeah, same could be said with Wayne Rooney, I guess. Um, I, I, I'm not joking, I would like to see Wayne Rooney play on. Uh, on Thursday, hopefully get his confidence up because while people may be, uh, abusing him on, on a daily basis, it, I still like it. So I definitely like to see him get a few goals. Yeah. I uh, get closer to Bobby Charlton's record, which is four off. Um, so hopefully Rooney, Memphis, Martial and possibly Twanzebe as well. Stoke City, as you say, on Sunday, another opportunity for a big win because while Zoya, um, may be in the Europa League, at the moment they, they, they may possibly be better than Stoke City who are, are genuinely one of the, the worst Premier League sides so far in the season making West Ham look good at the moment <laughs> Mark Hughes in a bit of trouble there and, and hopefully we see an unchanged team from against Leicester because clearly it works very well and even I mean Leicester's first half performance was bad but Stoke at the moment are looking worse than that but I mean all respect to Stoke they are playing very badly so hopefully we can get a few goals as well there
0: Yeah 100% I, I've been very shocked with um. With Stoke start to the season actually, I expected quite. I expected good things from them this season. Um, they had a good good season last season. There's some talent in their team for sure. I I, I think I think it's definitely going to be a more comfortable game than we would normally expect against Stoke. Um, again, I'd like to see an unchanged an unchanged team. There's 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 no reason I see to change it really. That the team worked very very well against Leicester, um, and I I don't I don't think you can really make a case for any of those players deserving to be dropped. Um, even if Luke Shorey is back one hundred percent fit, then I mean, I don't think Smalling or By or Blin deserve to be dropped in any way. So I think keep things the way they were, it works very well and we'll deal with it as it comes against Stoke. Um but I I'm looking forward to the game actually because I feel like there's a there's a, it that that win against Leicester brought back a, a, a bit a bit more of a feel good factor now, um to the club. You know, losing three games in a row, it's never good for the confidence, the morale of the players and the fans. Um, but getting that big important win was really really good for, for us. So I hope that we we can stick with the same team and hopefully get a big win because I can't actually remember the last time we really we really hammered a, a kind of lower Premier League side. They, you remember the um, Ferguson days where it was almost every month or so there'd be a four five nil win. Um, and we just had had a big win against Leicester. But I'd like to see us be a bit more ruthless against some of the uh, some of the lower teams as well.
1: Yep, I'd agree with that. That's all we have time for though in a, a, another very busy episode. Um, that is the nature of September. Always busy. Series 2, Episode 9 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Voting has closed in the Football Blogging Awards, so thanks to all of you who have voted for us. We'll find out if we have made the final in a week or so. Keep following us on Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod for the podcast itself. Jack, where can we find you? At UTD Take T-A-I-T. And you can find me at Harry Robinson 64 Another busy week. Hopefully another busy night for the opposition goalkeepers and hopefully a few more goals for for Marcus Rashford. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. us.